stories, spirituality, pathways, and aliens. You're here on The Long Road Home. Hello! Yo, 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 yo. How's it going? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Long Long Road Road Home. Home. I'm Chad. I'm Emily. And we're here. We made it. We well, not yet. Uh, we almost made don't, it. Don't don't jinx us. We almost made we're, it, we're, everyone. We're close to the finish line, but we've not quite crossed it. It's the 29th when we're recording this, but I think when we drop this, it'll be the first day of the new year. Is that right? Um, it's gonna be the, the 31st. It'll oh be yeah, Thursday. you're gonna mm-hmm. get it. Okay, yeah. okay. I'm good like that. My editing <laughs> skills get more powerful every single day. I hope you guys are doing good though. Congratulations for surviving. If you did. Once again, this is... Uh, if you did? Once, yes. Once again... <laughs> so they're listening. I'm sorry. That that implies that we have listeners from the beyond. We definitely do. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Just I wanted to clarify. I see them every night. Oh, God. No. <laughs> we are um, in the same home. Just word of warning. 2021, once again, said it last time, it's just a construct. It's true. Time time means nothing. Yep. It keeps on slipping into the future <laughs> slip slip slipping away yeah nothing's changed uh buy ammo collect your cans get ready 10 years we'll be looking back at this thinking how crazy it was as we scrounge in empty houses for sustenance so if you've got you've got those things now you want to do that later so we're just words of wisdom scare up mm-hmm. a- absolutely always be ready always be prepared Isn't abc that like the- always be collecting cans okay <laughs> all right guys so before we begin today Yes, I'm so excited about this. Yeah, we're going to talk Jetpack Man again. He's here again. My emotions are always really mixed around this time of year. Thanksgiving, Christmas, the New Year's yeah, is coming up. it's not up. for you. It's not for me. But when I saw the news of the Jetpack Man has returned, it forced a smile out of this hardened 2020 exterior. Well said. Well said. Um, the footage itself is really funny. To see just a vertical human whizzing through the air like that. Um, There's something about it that just makes me giggle. It's honestly amazing. (laughs) That dude is, I want to know who it is so bad. He's going so fast. But also, not knowing makes it so much better to me. So just in case you don't know what we're talking about, we are talking about Jetpack Man. Uh, There was another sighting of Jetpack Man. This time, we finally, they finally captured it on video. They did. It was a pilot, right? It was another, yeah. So It was like a flight instructor, actually, I think is what I saw. Yeah, it was December 21st, a pilot on an instructional flight with Sling Pilot Academy based near Torrance, California, encountered and captured video of the unidentified flying oh, object. Oh, so it was a student. That's even better. Yeah, he was approximately 3,000 feet in the air in the vicinity of Palos Verdes and Catalina Island, south of L.A. So he's still sort of in that same area, just, just patrolling. Him. You know, it sounds like he learned his lesson. He's not by the airport this time, but it's still. It's okay. I mean, it's. I'm <laughs> glad he didn't get sucked into a jet engine or something like that. He's out there enjoying himself, though. And that, you know what? If anyone had a good 2020, it's this guy. I think it's um, one of my favorite theories is that it is just Elon Musk. <laughs> and then he already like figured out the technology and he's just playing around. Elon Musk has But we would have heard about it. We would have heard about it by now. I think What'd so. you say, Elon Musk? Elon Musk has uh, teleportation technology. Oh, you think he's just like beyond the jetpack at this oh, point? Oh, yeah. And hair plugs. He, had, you know, <laughs> he was going bald. Don't forget that, everyone. Okay. Yeah. Money can get you a lot of things in this world. 100%. He, he probably was, like just bathed this. <laughs> he was losing just like hair. a bomb that you rub on your head one time and it. Yeah. Exactly. Rubs on his baby. I bet his babies has a full head of hair already. Oh my god, that's a weird one. <laughs> okay, so but yeah, Jetpack Man. 
Yeah, we're so happy that he's in the news again. It really, I mean, it really does. It makes me happy every time I see him because he is just fucking with people and no one knows who Yeah, so what do you think is going to happen? Do you think he's ever going to, like, come come out as the Jetpack Man? I don't know. Maybe it's a group of Jetpack Men. <gasps> oh, it's like a society of Jetpack Men. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Or like Banksy. They all have monocles and big mustaches. Okay. And jetpacks. They fly around, and harass poor people, and just go look at them, look at me, <laughs> walking. Look at my money. <laughs> so the Great Conjunction happened. That was a thing. It did. That was an event. Did you see it? We did. Yeah, we did. It was actually pretty cool it was to really see. Neat. Yeah, and you could like see them separating after uh, the day that it happened. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I myself had been kind of feeling a little, a little bit funky. And I swear that day something shifted. I've been feeling feeling and doing a lot better. I swear to God, my nipple hair actually went back inside me during the Great Conjunction. What? And it came back out the next uh, day. Something, it, something weird's going on over there. You know what I mean? Don't be a butt. <laughs> no, anyway, it happened. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my God. What I was gonna say was that if you have any, uh, if you had any experiences during the Great Conjunction, or if you have any pictures, share share them with us. Shoot us an email uh, at the LRH. Oh, sorry. Where did I just like <laughs> forgot what I was saying mid sentence at the LRH show at gmail.com. Yeah, we'd love to see them. If you guys got one of those uh, electro spectrometer telescopes and you can see like super close to the planets, that would be a really cool picture to see. Yeah. We, we got to see Saturn through one of those. So I think on. it would be really nifty. Anybody out there, if you got a fancy telescope and you took cool pictures, um, send them to us, please. Yeah. Or you just want to show us your telescope. That'd be I cool have too. an app on my phone, but. That's the best I got for looking at the stars. It was still cool, though. We got to see. You could, like, I mean, you could it see It was still them, cool. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho. Anyway, what are we talking about today? Well, unless you're Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk or the Jetpack Man, like we said, which they could all be the same person. If you're living in the United States, chances are your 2020 might have not been so great. On December 21st, we saw the darkest day of this god-awful year, at least physically. Who knows what could happen before Friday? Some dude literally exploded himself on Christmas. <laughs> so we don't know. Physically, it was the darkest day. I mean, that's what we learned this year, really, is that we you don't know. Anything could happen. You never know. got to keep an open mind. The days are getting longer, and that's something we don't really feel grateful for these days. It wasn't always like that, though. For thousands of years, humanity stopped and celebrated the fact that the darkness was finally subsiding. We were thankful for the sun's return, and today we're going to try to take some of that same energy and put it into this episode. Yay! Today, we're going to take a look at how many people celebrated during grand solar festivals. This episode focuses primarily on Yule and some of the other northern European festivities. We understand that there are different celebrations all over the world in reverence of the winter solstice, but we started with Yule and it kind of branched off from there. We'd love to check out some of these other celebrations in the future, but that's for another winter season. So, without further ado, let's jump in. Oh, we gotta do our sources. Let's drop them. Yeah, I so- got some of my stuff from Wikipedia. I think you did too. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thanks, Wikipedia. Thanks. Always gonna donate to you one day. One day when we have money, we, we did will set give a goal. Money. We actually set a goal for this. We did. Yeah. Did we write it down? When did you I don't it? remember anymore, but yeah. <gasps> oh, I remember. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. When we're rich, we're gonna donate. <laughs> we also got some information from the HuffPost, NorseMythology.org, LearnReligions.com, and an old-ass AngelFire.com website. Yeah, it's a, actually it's a, a witchy blog. Um, is it still active? It is still active. Wow. She actually posted this summer 
um, that she still checks in and makes sure that her links are up to date and everything. So um, that yeah, is but insane. it was angelfire.com. That is that's the first active Angel Fire site I've seen Ravina. in decades. Luvina? Ravina. Oh, Ravina. I was like, my Thanks, aunt's Ravina. name is Luvina. Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, so strange. But yeah, those are our sources. Thanks, everybody. The ancient Romans, Greeks, and Persians all held festivals during the winter solstice, many of which celebrated the birth of one or more gods. There were also many celebrations up north, however. Yule or Yuletide is a festival historically observed by the Germanic peoples. Scholars have connected the original celebrations of Yule to the Wild Hunt. So, what is the Wild Hunt? If you don't know, it's only one of the most metal things you'll ever hear about in your life. The Wild Hunt was recorded in folklore all throughout ancient, medieval, and even early modern Europe, but was especially concentrated in the Germanic lands of Northern Europe. It was called many different names throughout Europe. In Scandinavia, it was called... Ha, didn't do this again. Didn't didn't study my names. Oskorea. Do you know that, for real? I'm just going to give it a go. All I right. think I got these ones. Yeah, all right. It was Oskorea, which translates to terrifying ride, or... Odin's yacht. Or Odin's hunt. In Middle High German which is the form of German spoken in the High Middle Ages, dated between 1050 and 1350. It was called, Whoa, man, check that out. Get it? Because it's, it's High German. Oh, my God. But, um, man, there's a horse flying through the fucking sky, I man. thought you were actually Holy trying to read it because it is called, like, uh, like Wotan's. Yes. Wotan's air. Wotan's air, which is Odin's army. And yeah, in modern German, it was the Wooten Air Furious Inspired Army or the Wildjagd. I, I don't know, which is translates to the actual the Wild Hunt. So what is it? Though? So as the story goes, it swept to the forest in midwinter, the coldest, darkest part of the year, when ferocious winds and storms howled over the land. We need some like metal music to go behind this. <laughs> so just to clarify really quick, the Wild Hunt is like a ghostly procession. Uh, yeah, it's like ghost riders in the sky. Gotcha. Yeah. <gasps> oh, the old cool. Badass highwayman song. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Sorry. Anyone who found him or herself outdoors at night during this time might spot this ghostly procession or be spotted by it, which might involve being carried away and dropped miles from where the unfortunate person had been taken up, or worse. Others, practitioners of various forms of magic, joined in it voluntarily as an intangible part of them, a soul, if you like, that flew with the cavalcade, while their bodies lay in the beds as if sleeping normally. Sometimes, the members of the hunt entered towns and houses, causing havoc and stealing food and drink. They were just getting wild, go- wild ghosts. <laughs> they were just partying ghosts. Yeah, exactly. Now, more often than not, you're going to find Odin at the head of the hunt. Odin is the god of the dead, inspiration, ecstatic trance, battle frenzy, knowledge, the ruling class, and creative and intellectual pursuits in general. So Odin's name appears in just about every form of the wild hunt. Sometimes they replace him with like historical figures, which is bullshit. <laughs> because it's definitely like his thing, it's I think Odin's. anyway. Yeah. Um, gotcha. Two of Odin's hundreds of names further demonstrate his association with Midwinter the time of the year in which the holiday Yule falls. Uh, those two names are Yolnir and Yalhera. I know that one's not right, but uh, both of which mean something like Master of Yule. The myths describe him frequently riding throughout the nine worlds on his eight-legged steed, Slipnir, <laughs> on quest of a shamanic nature, another theme that connects him to the Wild Hunt. Uh, why he had an eight-legged steed, that is seems like a lot of legs. You get in the way. So the way I pictured it was like... Almost, so it's like a ghost, right? It's still a ghost, a ghost steed. Yeah. So, but I pictured it like, uh, like when, 
when you're watching an animation that like somebody sketched out, you can kind of see like oh yeah sketches, mm-hmm. like kind of like that, like it was like running and you could see like double of each of its legs. That's kind of like. But here's like, the question: What's faster, an eight-legged steed or just a bigger horse? Like, are eight legs going to get you there faster than a bigger would. horse on four? I feel like it would almost slow you down. Exactly. Like, I feel like the faster you run, the more likely you're just going to get tripped up. It depends on the angle of the joints, I feel like. This is getting like, off course. I'm sorry. I understand. <laughs> We're getting deep to horse knowledge. If you're a vet or you're an but equine no, no, no. person, Listen, let us know. Listen, hear me out. Because if it was, like, stacked, if they were all, like, like a dog or a horse normally, yeah. and it was, like, they were aligned, then there would, that would be a lot of coordination happening. But if they were like this... Oh, like like a bug? <laughs> like, yeah, like a bug, like at <laughs> like a right a angle. Yeah, then it would <laughs> make it faster. That would be terrifying. That would be really scary. That's a pretty freaky horse. I right see it on. now. I didn't understand it, but now I see it. That's so a, that's, that's what a you creepy think? horse. You think that's the way it's going? Odin riding an insect horse. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay, that Spooky. was my theory. Wild hunt. The origins of Yule are very hard to pin down. Yule is the modern version of Old English words Yule or Yehol and Yola or Yoli. The former indicating the 12-day festival of Yule and the latter indicating the month of Yule, whereby era Yula referred to the period before the Yule festival or December and aftera Yula referred to the period after Yule or January. There's a lot of funky looking words in that sentence. Yeah. Yeah, so great job. Thank you. Yeah, I was looking at it earlier and I was just like, I'm not looking these up. <laughs> I was like, I think I can <laughs> yeah, I do it. I think I'm I got it. I think I what are you it? doing? One of these days I am when you know, when I got that sweet, sweet editor holding my hand Aww. doing all the work for me. I That's wanna, when you'll, I wanna go do it. Yeah. You'll get in real deep. So there's this there's this book um that is like the history of the kings of Norway and it's written in old Norse and it's has a little bit I have a little bit of information from it about Yule, but it is a very very long name. I want to try it. Okay. But I just thought I would say all of that before I say before I say it next. Okay. In a grip of Gasogum. You nailed it. Thank you. Bullseye. <laughs> written in the twelfth century, it is explicitly stated that Yule comes from a name of Odin. Yon. In plural, uh, it may refer to the Norse gods in general. Oh, okay, cool. So we have an idea of where the name itself came from, but its true origins, like the origins of our past few episodes, are vague at best. Yeah, and that's uh, something that I feel like I learned while I was doing all the the research for this, or while we were doing the research for this. It seems like the Yule itself is vague in terms of the way it was celebrated by different groups of people. I think that it's just, yeah, I think that it was just celebrated. You know, it was... uh, Obviously, the it was a shared human experience, the the concept of shorter days and the shortest day of the year. And so I think that there are a lot of different celebrations and rituals that came along with that. And I think um, along the way, as groupings of people kind of came together, that we just kind of formed Yule. But I think that it, it, it just has – its origins are just like – as old as the sun. Well, yeah, and it's kind of like the term paganism now is there's a lump of stuff that goes underneath paganism. If yeah. That's what this kind of feels like. Definitely. Everything's like kind of similar, and so it was really hard to find like exact, here's what happens during Yule because Yule is celebrated by lots of different people. Well, it's just evolved. Yeah. Exactly. The earliest references to it are in the form of month names. 
where the Yuletide period lasts somewhere around two months, falling along the end of the modern calendar year between what is now mid-November and early January. Yeah, so we didn't miss it. This is still relevant. Christmas right, is over, but Yule is still it. happening. We, got we it managed in there. to squeeze it in there. <laughs> so let's move on to some of the celebrations and rituals, starting with the Yule tree. Yeah, so I got to stop here and say that looking into this next part really drug me through some very strange sections of the internet. There's a whole bunch of very angry Christians who want you to know that Christmas trees are there to point at Jesus, and it's okay to have one, praise God. There, Seriously, there's a lot of websites that are all they are pointing out is it's okay to have a tree because we took it from them, and now it means something different. Yeah, they're riled. Very much so. It's weird. Uh, Which, by the way, go, goes against um, Christianity. They have a lot of... Uh, you're not supposed to take the the rituals from other religions. Yeah, because because they made that rule because they did it already. Yeah, they're like, oh, no, no, it's fine. Copycats, copycats, you're all copycats. So uh, the Christian tradition of a Christmas tree has its origins in the pagan Yule celebrations, but using evergreens as a decoration was commonly used in Roman and Greek cultures during their winter celebrations as well. The idea to use it during Christmas originated in eighth century Germany where legend has it that St. Boniface, a leading figure in the Anglo-Saxon mission to the Germanic parts of the Frankish Empire during the 8th century, the idea to use the tree during Christmas originated in 8th century Germany, where legend has it that St. Boniface was trying to convert a group of Druids. If you don't know who that is, he was a leading figure in the Anglo-Saxon mission um, to the Germanic parts of the Frankish Empire during the 8th century. He tried everything that he could think of to convince the Druids that the oak tree was not sacred or invincible. He finally tried one last desperate measure. He cut the oak tree down. As the tree fell, it took everything down in its path, save but one small evergreen sapling. St. Boniface declared it a miracle and that the evergreen was sacred to the Christ child and ever after trees were brought into the home and decorated for the holidays. So the Druids are just like sitting around humming. This dude shows up. He's like, hey, stop humming. They don't stop. They keep ignoring him because he's some crazy dude coming knocking on their door. Chops down a tree. This is almost like cult level stuff what he just did, though, with the tree. He just made a rule up. He was like, hey, look, that tree over there, it survived. So so now this is the tree. And they all went, whoa. I'm just like, why? Leave I, us yeah. alone. We were doing fine. I just want to eat these nuts I collected today. <laughs> this is a terrible, terrible time for us. We hate winter. Go away. Um, so, so let's get back to the original origins of the tree. Pagan families would bring a live tree into the home so the wood spirits would have a place to keep warm during the cold winter months. Bells were hung in the limbs so that you could tell when a spirit was present. Food and treats were hung on the branches for the spirits to eat, and a five-pointed star, the pentagram, symbol of the five elements, was placed atop the tree. (laughs) The colors of the season, red and green, are also of pagan origin, as is the custom of exchanging gifts. Another reason that the trees were first decorated with fruits, nuts, and artificial flowers was to bring about the return of spring and fertility, warmth and light, and to restore and maintain the balance between darkness and light, coldness and warmth, death and rebirth. In the earlier parts of the 20th century, and I'm not sure how long it dates back, many families would decorate, the, would decorate their trees with candles. 
Then the family would come together for the lighting of their Christmas trees. It was a spectacular event filled with the beauty of the candle glow from the evergreen branches. But it was also a one-time-of-the-year event. It wasn't exactly a safe thing to do, and it was very easy for the lovely candles to cause the tree to catch on fire. Um, still, though, I don't know. I thought it sounded pretty. <laughs> it is. Totally. It <laughs> sounds really nice. So it cozy. Sounds, it sounds pretty. I mean, you definitely got to watch it, but like, I bet at first. I bet it's great when you're a you peasant. It, what if you did it in a field, and then it was like, and then you did it so you could see the tree, and then and then you let it burn. Yeah. And then you have a bonfire with the tree. This is the best you'll ever let's do it next year um (laughs) gotta find a field if you got a field let us know if you got a field let us know um okay so yule trees are cut and decorated with images of what we wish to receive during the next year such as love charms to draw love nuts for fertility nuts oh my gosh (laughs) fruit for a successful harvest or coins to ensure wealth and prosperity i did not know that very nifty all right, so uh, we don't just have trees, right? We got logs. We got logs, too. Yule logs. Just anything made of wood. We they got branches. Turn it on its we side. Got logs. It's a new thing. We ready to go. Well, because Yule is a solar festival, it's celebrated by fire and the use of a Yule log. A piece of the log is saved and kept throughout the year to protect the home and was thought to bring the home prosperity and good luck throughout the year. That piece is used to light the next year's log. The Yule log was usually cut from the God-related oak tree. Originally, the Yule log was brought into the home amid much dancing and ceremony before being lit in the fireplace. Uh, Some Wiccans drill three holes in the Yule log and fill them with three white candles, or one white, one red, and one black candle to symbolize the triple goddess, maiden, mother, and crone. The Yule logs are then decorated with holly and evergreens to symbolize the intertwining of the god and the goddess who have been reunited on this day. Bayberry candles are burned to ensure wealth and happiness in the coming year, and Baybell round cheeses are eaten. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did that land? No. Bayberry, Baybell. Oh, they sure sound alike. That's all that you got to do. That's comedy. <laughs> oh, this next part's my favorite. Yeah, go ahead. Do it. Oh, I didn't mean that I had to do it. I just meant that oh, it's okay. my favorite. It's your, I think it's your turn. Yeah. So the next part, we're going to start to see that you'll very quickly begins to, the waters begin to get murky as we go through different parts of Northern Europe. Uh, it's all Yule, but it's not Yule. There's variants. There is no real Yule, I don't think, at this point anymore. I don't believe in anything well, anymore. Nothing whatever, makes sense. Well, Yule is whatever you want it to be, Chad. It's whatever you're drawn to and what's in your heart. So Celtic pagans celebrate the light overcoming the dark with the Holly King and the Oak King. The two are brothers, rivals, or the flip sides of the same coin. The Oak King rules from midwinter until midsummer, and the Holly King rules from midsummer until midwinter. Every year at Yule, the Oak King cuts off the Holly King's head and rules for six months until midsummer, when the Holly King kills the Oak King and the cycle begins again. It's pretty fucking rad. Right? Yeah. It's an everlasting battle. That's cool. You can see the vestiges of this myth in the tale of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. Janet and Stuart Farrer devote a whole chapter to these two in their book, The Witch's God. What is that? Oh, it's a book that I want to get. So oh. you can just delete <laughs> okay. that line. <laughs> That's just a note for you that you yeah. subconsciously read. <laughs> get like, Witch's, Witch's God. God. Um, in Celtic tradition, Yule is the time when the Oak King triumphs over the Holly King, like we said. The Holly King represents the death and darkness that has ruled since the onset of... Samhain. Samhain. At, it's Halloween. Oh, cool. At winter solstice, the Oak King brings the opportunity to be reborn and begin a new life. 
The Yule season raises one's spirit and brings tidings of comfort and joy as the carol goes. It's a period of reflection. During Samhain, or Halloween, one has recognized the lessons given in past experience, and now Yule brings the opportunity to be reborn with new life. The customs created at this time are what are now identified as Christmas. A Yule tree is decorated, and the house is adorned with holly, ivy, and candles to represent the approaching light. Father Winter, complete with a white beard and red coat trimmed with fur, visits each home bringing gifts. The Yule log, which is made of oak from the previous year, is burned into the fire to symbolize the newborn sun slash actual the sun. The newborn sun! Get it? Because the sun has died and has now been reborn. It's a newborn sun. Oh, I see. <laughs> ah. uh, <laughs> so, Father Christmas is part of this? Yeah, Odin. Or Father Winter? Odin is the father of winter. Odin's delivering gifts in this narrative. It's fucking... <laughs> yeah, Father Winter has always been a part, and gift-giving has been a part of the, the pagan lore as well. Yule, or winter solstice, represents the rebirth of light. During this longest night of the year, the goddess gives birth to the divine child of promise. He is the promise of summer and the return of the sun. In early human civilization, as the days grew colder and the nights grew longer and darker, candles and fires were lit to lure back the sun. Well, also probably just to like stay. See. Just, just to be to able to see. things. <laughs> um, at this time of darkness, while the earth was sleeping, many did not survive. Winter was a time of death and stagnation. Shelter was drafty, disease was common, and food was scarce. The night of the sun's, quote, rebirth was celebrated with much joy. From this day forward, the days would become longer. Even though the cold and darkness still prevailed, hope was renewed, and the people began to look forward to the warmth of summer. So, Yule was actually not celebrated in early Celtic traditions. It was brought to Britain by the invading Saxons, who viewed Yule as the turning time. Yule uh, can also be translated to wheel in Old Norse. Because the symbolism of the wheel was so important to this um, sabbat, which is another word for holiday, it became a day sacred to the goddesses of the spinning wheel. Wreaths were a popular representation of the endless cycle, the wheel of the year. That's cool. I just learning every day. Every new day, stuff learning all the new time. things. That's cool. <laughs> sabbat sounds a lot like Sabbath. It does. I know. All those little bald-headed monks just taking notes. Just taking the whole time. Taking things. The whole time their village was getting cut <laughs> to pieces. They're like, we'll just cherry pick that and then take a little piece of that. Yep. Evergreens were sacred to the Celts because they did not die. Well, quote unquote, die. Thereby representing the eternal aspect of the goddess. Mistletoe represented the seed of the god. More nuts. <laughs> I think this next part makes it even better. To me, they catch it in a white cloth, <laughs> so it could touch the ground. They were catching the god seed in a cloth. God's <laughs> cum sock. Or oh my god! I was like, get your Kleenexes. Um, so mistletoe represented the seed of the god, and at midwinter, the druids are said to have gone deep into the forest to harvest the mistletoe. They cut the mistletoe with a golden sickle and caught it in a white cloth. For it was not to touch the ground in deference of its sacredness. So then um, my next question is spit or swallow. It sounds like they just throw it. They threw it? That's what I'm saying. Like you caught it. So now what do you do, what do, you do with it? You wipe it off in a bowl. You collect it's it. actual scenes, Chad. <laughs> I know. But I'm like, okay, so now what? Like, I guess you probably use it in rituals. Yeah, over and over again. Yeah. I'm the Virgin Mary. <laughs> yeah, use it over and over again. Until it's 
crusty and will not hold any okay, more mistletoe. We understand the jokes that you are <laughs> it's making. All, it's all I about was trying to. I, mine was a serious question. I, I don't know. I'm sure it was used for rituals. I answered it. Okay, we're moving on. Okay. <laughs> In the Wiccan belief system, the god is reborn at Yule, having died at the previous Sabbat, which was Samhain, at the end of October. The weak quality of sunlight during these still short days is symbolized by the god in his infancy, just born and needing sustenance before he can come back into his full power. The goddess, who has been in her crone aspect these past few months, is now once again in her mother aspect, having just given birth to the god. She represents the earth, remaining still and silent uh, as she rests from her labor. She get two weeks, two weeks in the United States. Be a short winner. Weeks PTO, and then you got to get back to work. Yep. Um, jeez. Uh, so this is a celebration of the renewal of life, but compared to other Sabbaths, uh, it is a relatively quiet indoor holiday as people gather within the warm shelters of their homes to be merry and give thanks. As a Yule ritual, many Wiccans decorate their altars with evergreen branches such as cedar, pine, hemlock, and spruce, as well as bright sprigs of holly, pine cones, and other festive winter flora. And it's interesting to me that that's what you found because I found sort of the opposite is that because of it being winter, a lot of the uh, livestock was going to die. And so when they would sacrifice and slaughter the livestock, they would hold big celebrations and have like almost like a party type atmosphere. So I, I found the opposite information. I think it was still a party, but it was what we're saying is that like it's inside around a fire. Oh, OK. As they're not just like 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 in Samhain, like you're inside there's like a, definitely a lot of things that happen outside. You're you're celebrating like the harvest. Um, and so you harvest and then you you know, like turn your soil over and, and there's things that you're burying and like you're still outside. And a lot of the rituals took place out there. But I think that for Yule, uh-huh. we're bringing it into the hearth of the home. Yeah, because it's cold. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. cold. Yeah, but there were also, and we didn't really take like a ton of notes about this, but there were a lot of like animal sacrifices and stuff during this time. And I think it really was because those animals were going to die anyway, probably. Yeah, and you're about to have a big feast with your with your friends. That makes sense. Yeah, I think so. And so you offer it to the gods. And yeah, and then you just fucking eat. Drink the blood. Um, <laughs> candles are paramount uh, to this holiday, of course, with Yule traditions emphasizing the colors red, green, white, and gold. Images of the sun are also appropriate. Those lucky enough to have a fireplace can burn a sacred Yule log, but you don't need an actual hearth to brighten up your home with candles galore. Yeah, we have plenty. Our dog eats all of them. Cooper eats all of my candles. Every you guys. single candle we buy, it gets eaten and pooped out. And he can't. I should beautiful clarify, all of the candle sticks. So we have any any of my jar candles. They're they're doing fine. But okay, so that's kind of where we found ourselves with Yule. It's uh, it's more of an idea than it is a very concrete holiday in itself. A lot of people celebrate that specific period of time in Northern Europe similarly. And I think it all sort of falls underneath that Yule umbrella. Yeah, it's the holiday season. Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, it's exactly what it is. <laughs> exactly. It was the holiday season before there was a holiday season. Yeah. Uh, but there is one more thing we kind of want to talk about real fast. Something a little funner. I wanted to throw this one in there. Yeah. Um, and this isn't like, I don't know, it's not really associated with the winter solstice, but it's something that happens during that winter solstice time. During, yeah, I mean, Yule, like we said, it could also just be talking about a period of time. So exactly. this um, celebration takes place during Yule. Uh, we're going to talk about Mari Lloyd. So 
It is commonly accepted that in ancient Britain and the Celtic lands, there was a horse cult that likely reigned for possibly a millennia. So we're going to have to come back to the horse cult and the, yes, and the, hor- I the, want to the know horse worship. So much more about this. Yeah. Well, I wasn't aware of that at all. While we cannot prove a direct relationship between the worship of Epana in Gaul, which is also the name of the horse in the Legend of Zelda games, what? which I didn't ever know that's where that came from. So Clever. I'm very happy now. <laughs> little Easter egg for you. Yes. Like I said, while we can't prove a direct relationship between the worship of Epana, the great Uffington Chalk Horse, and folk, what? <laughs> and the folk, Uffington Chalk Horse is so cool. That sounds like a high school mascot. Go, Chalk Horse, go. Just a bunch of drunk dads at the football game so screaming at their kids, do better, living through them, you know, the Uffington Chalk Horses. It's really it's went downhill in the past couple of years. Oh, it's actually super cool. I know. I know. It's super cool. It's like a... It's like a giant horse monument. Like, like, a like an ancient, yeah. an ancient That's actually horse monument. Re- go look that up. Uff- the we'll Uffington put it up. Chalk Horse. Yes, we will put it up as well. That looks really cool. I know. I want to go to there. Yes. So, in parts of South Wales, the Murray Lloyd or Grey Mare is still carried from house to house between Christmas and Twelfth Night, which we just looked that up. Twelfth Night actually means the Twelfth Night after Christmas, January fifth. That, that math lines up, right? I think no, it so. Doesn't. Wait, does it? Wait. 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, or 31, 31, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Well, like Christmas night. I guess Christmas night. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. So it's literally, literally the 12th night after Christmas. We went to college. <laughs> We're both sitting here going, counting on our fingers. One, two, three. Four, because three. it's not just regular math, Chad. You got to count to 31 and then start from one after that. Exactly. And it's like a four score. What does For, that mean? Four score. That's not, you mean a fortnight? A fortnight's two weeks. <laughs> Why do you know that? Why don't you? I don't have an answer. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So. Murray Lloyd is a beribboned mare's skull and will only be let into the house if the company carrying her can outwit the people inside in a riddling contest. So, I'm sorry, but you need to say that one more time. It's literally a horse skull. Yeah, it is. And then it's like covered and decorated in ribbons and it's like a horse skull on a stick. It's so cool. (laughs) It's really cool. God, I wish I was born somewhere else. (laughs) I want to see one of these things. So then, then it's a riddling contest? Okay. Yeah. This practice is quite similar to folk dancing and the practice of going house to house, singing songs, playing games, and entertaining an audience. The Mari party, which is typically five or six men or boys, often have colored ribbons and rosettes attached to their clothes and sometimes wear a sash around the waist. There's usually a leader, dressed far nicer than the others, that carries a staff or stick or whip. Other characters, such as the Merry Men, who play music, and Punch and Judy, both played by men that have blackened faces, Probably a little different today. Probably not happening today. No, probably not. Let's not. Let's just say, don't do that today. <laughs> yeah. Well, regardless, Punch and Judy are there. They're often brightly dressed. Punch carries a long metal poker, and Judy carries a broom. During the ceremony, the skull is carried through the streets of the village by the party who would stand in front of every house to sing traditional songs. The singing sometimes consists of a rhyme contest between the Mari party and the inhabitants of the house, who challenge each other with improvised verses, which are traditionally exchanged through a closed door. So there's a horse head on a stick shouting words at another group of people who are probably very, very drunk. Yeah. They're also shouting words back at the horse. And eventually someone gives up. The contest can often last for some time. Punch and Judy, if they're present, are troublesome characters. 
Punch will tap on the ground in time to the music and rap on the door of the poker. Judy will brush the ground, the house walls, even the windows. And sometimes they'll chase someone unwise enough to get too close and brush them too. And by brush, they mean beat. Yeah. <laughs> I would imagine. If I'm I was, sure a, if I was drunk getting, in Judy, I'd be wagging people with that broom. You're hitting people with the broom. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, if the Marty side loses the contest, they have to leave without being admitted into the house or pub. But this was probably a very rare occurrence, as the party's entry into the building brought good luck. So, they would usually win, or at least be allowed to win. Alternatively, they might sing a verse begging admittance. Once inside, the entertainment continued with the Mari running around neighing and snapping its jaws, creating havoc, frightening children and perhaps even adults while the leader pretended to try and restrain it. The Merrymen played music and entertained the homeowners. After a bit of potential mischief-making, the participants would be rewarded with cakes and ale and sometimes received a gift of money as well. The visit concluded with a traditional farewell song. So, the legend behind this custom is actually super fucking, like, dark and sad to me. Uh, I thought it was funny. You thought it was funny? <laughs> it's fucked up, I think. It's um, messed up, but it's also like, what? <laughs> Where did this come from? I mean, it is strange. Uh, the legend behind it is that the Mary Lloyd was cast out of the Bethlehem stable into the cold night to make room for a more prestigious Mary to give birth to a more prestigious child. Ever since, she has roamed the world searching for a place to give birth to her cult. Oh, I didn't know that part. I didn't know she was searching to... So she was also... She's like... Um, excuse me. Yeah. I got a baby coming too. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? <laughs> hey, hey, how you doing? I was how you doing, Mary Lloyd? labor first. Oh, I'm so. good. The baby's kicking hard. You know, it's uh, dilated. I'm ready to go. Well, uh, we're going to make you leave. <laughs> what? <laughs> we're we're going to make you leave. My water just broke. <laughs> yeah, there's this lady though, and she's, she said she's- She's like way more important than you. God in her belly, and- Joe, the guy just, just fucking, he had a knife, and he told me that I had to get rid of you. Wow, this took a different turn, Chad. Merry so, um, should we talk about the song? Uh, Yeah, there's uh, a really pretty song, and I think we're going to cut out the first like verse and play it for you guys. Oh, yeah? You want to play it? Yeah, let's play it. Okay. The horse, the all bone faced the deathless am I heavy with fall two thousand years bridled with sorrow saddled with tears I canter through pastures of tremble and quake I gallop the track between sleep and Seeking the deep of welcome and stint for my Let me in. Let, Let me, me in. in. No, honest to God, though, nothing will get me teary-eyed quicker than a bulk ballad. Oh, 100%. Like that, I was thinking the same thing. Like old sad fiddle mm-hmm. in the background. Lonesome. It just reminds me it's of a like, lonesome yeah, fiddle. it really does. And all of a sudden, I'm like, we could, we should do a storytelling, an Appalachian folklore uh, episode sometime in the future. Not for now. It's totally tangent. But uh, a lot of similar types of songs, and they're beautiful. Uh, but yeah, nothing gets me quicker than that. And this this is a really cool song. And I'd encourage you to go listen to the rest of it. Yeah. There's a couple of verses. And that's the Mari Lloyd uh, celebration that takes place during Yule. Yeah. 
And it's maybe my favorite thing, I think, to, that I learned during all this. I want to see it. I liked learning about the ghost train. Ghost train? Yeah. <laughs> that, that was it. <laughs> the ghost pr- ghostly procession that happens. I yes. think that that's a really interesting story. A really the wild interesting hunt's part of cool. the story. Yeah, the wild uh, hunt. Big part of The Witcher. Also, the video game. <gasps> the wild hunt. Yes. Oh, yeah. There's a show that came out this year. What? (laughs) You guys remember that? What are some things that happened this year? Toss a coin to (laughs) your witcher. Sorry. um, What are other things that happened this year? Tiger Tiger King. King, The um, Witcher. Oh, uh, Wayfair. Selling kids. Yeah, that happened this year. Epstein didn't happen this year. That was last year, right? I don't know anymore. That was last year. That was last year. That was last year. I don't know. Um, um, plenty of stuff happening, right? Killer bees. Yeah. It's been a um, wild ride. Um, Kobe. Yeah. That was this year. R.I.P. Uh, it's been a wild ride, everyone. But we started a podcast this year. We started a podcast this year. It's crazy. So with that song, that's the end of our winter solstice solar celebration episode. That's it. That's we it. did it. We did. There are obviously a lot of different celebrations that take place uh, around the world this time of year, um, and we are aware of them. Well, some of them. I'm sure there's a lot that we aren't aware of. But anyway, we are coming for you next year. We'll definitely cover them in the future. Um, yeah, I definitely want to get more of those in as the season presents itself. And they all kind of, like we said, they all kind of fall under that same Yule name. They're all a little different. And it's worth look, taking the time to go out for yourself and checking out a little bit more of these if you're interested. They're all a little different and it's kind of cool. Yeah, like see what speaks to you. There's definitely like things that you can kind of pull and, and make your own and celebrate the the changing of seasons the coming of the new year um there's a lot of things to be grateful for despite the craziness yeah definitely so we hope you've enjoyed learning about all these unique ways to celebrate the winter solstice as we begin another year and watch the days get longer we hope you'll remember that your ancestors are looking down wondering why you're pissed off about not getting a ps5 instead of sacrificing a few animals to the harvest gods Whatever happens in 2021, we want you to know that we've sincerely appreciated every single listen, download, review, comment, and like you all have given us this year. It's been so much fun to grow and learn with you all, and we don't plan on letting up anytime soon. That's right. Yeah. We're still coming. Absolutely. Every week. Every week. But don't forget, we're going to be going on a trip next week. (laughs) But... We're going to be gone. We're going. We're going North Carolina for a week. We are going. To so there North won't Carolina. be an episode next no, week. No, but there's going to be some content coming out on our other stuff uh, coming from our yeah. North Carolina trip. So keep an eye out for that. We'll keep you updated on that. But we're not letting up. But we're not after that. Yeah, we're every week. Really, we're always. We're gonna. Be here. We're gonna be in full swing once the holidays are finally over. You guys, can I say it? Is it okay? Can I say it? Yeah. Missing four one one episodes. We yeah. got more coming. Yes, we do. They're I'm coming. I'm very excited. Get excited. I'm going to take a dive into that and share with you some of the creepier stories that I can find. Yes. So, um, I'm so stoked. But yeah, we will be back better than ever after next week. And we hope we'll see you here again on The Long Road Home. Thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and we're looking forward to a lot more fun. <laughs> yeah. We're looking forward to fun, to growth to learning with you all and seriously thank you to everyone who's been listening we've we're a new podcast and every single one of those listens means the world to us so thank you yeah and we hope you have a great new year that's right um but before we go we got to give you all the social media information so let's do this let's do it 
Um, you can find us on Facebook at the LRH Pod and on Instagram and Twitter at the underscore LRH underscore pod. You can also find us on Patreon at the LRH Podcast. And I would like to give a shout out to our Patreon subscriber, Jessica. Thank you for hanging out with us for the past couple of months. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Jess. We're going to have more members in the community soon, I'm and sure. More content. So much more. Um, you can also reach us uh, via email at the LRH show at gmail.com. Hey, you guys. Um, so we've made this email account. When we before we even started this podcast, we've had it for a few months now, um, and I I check it every day. Me but, too. <laughs> but we've we've not gotten an email yet, so um, no, I'm, I'm almost at the point like, of emailing myself. I was there, about like, to Hello. say that. Like, just pop in and say <laughs> hi. I would. You have no idea how happy we would be um, yeah. to email. Absolutely. To email you back. So um, just putting it out there into the universe. Yes. That'd be cool. Yes. Share your stories. Let us know if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. Or just say hi. We'd love to talk to you. Also, I've started uploading the episodes onto YouTube. We did it. We're yeah. on YouTube. Just search The Long Road Home. I've got a couple of episodes on there already, and I'm going to continue to upload the episodes from previous weeks and upload the new episodes as they come out. So check them out on there. If your friends don't use Apple or Spotify for some weird reason, send them to YouTube and let, let them listen to us while they're at work. You can find us literally anywhere. Weird. Seriously, all over the place now. <laughs> So yeah, check us out on YouTube, The Long Road Home. Just search us. And lastly, I do still stream occasionally. It's kind of been on the back burner for me. But when I do, I'll be sure to let you know on our Instagram. You can find me at weary underscore TTV on twitch.com. But yeah, we'll we'll keep you updated on that as well. And yeah, if you see me online, come hang out. I'd love to chat. And that's it, I think it, that's right? all of the things. Yeah, There's a I lot think so of them, too. but I think we covered it all. Yeah, I um, think so. Thank you guys again for listening. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We're not going to be here next week, but we'll see you the week after. Yeah, we'll we'll be back. Don't party too hard in your house alone. Happy Yule, though. Happy Yule. If you're listening on the day that this dropped, like, you have time. You have time to celebrate. Now's, now's your chance. Yeah. And <laughs> as always, guys, thank you for joining us on The Long, Long Road, Road Home. Home. Goodbye, everyone. Smell you later. See you. Bye. Bye.